This is Made in Montana News on the Treasure State Radio Network. I'm Jay Scott. Officials say the smoke in the Missoula Valley and further east is from the Trail Ridge Fire at the south end of the Bitterroot Valley. Benjamin Schmidt, an air quality specialist with the Missoula City County Health Department, said the air quality in the Missoula Valley had reached unhealthy for sensitive groups. The air quality in Lolo is listed as unhealthy. Schmidt said the Trail Ridge Fire appears to be the major source of smoke for the Bitterroot and Missoula Valleys, but several other fires, including the Hog Trough Fire, the South Fork Fire, and fires in Idaho and Oregon may be adding to their share of smoke. As smoke persists, he says, adverse health impacts will increase. The National Weather Service office in Missoula on Monday issued an elevated fire danger for Wednesday with hot temperatures, low humidity, gusty winds, and a potential thunderstorm. A red flag warning was in effect for much of the Continental Divide on Monday, while areas to the west were under a fire weather watch. Temperatures are expected to be cooler near the weekend. Officials at Bozeman Health are sounding alarms as the facility continues to lose money. $15 million from January to June of this year. As a result, President and CEO John Hill announced that Bozeman Health has laid off 28 people and wouldn't fill 25 open leadership jobs. The system has a workforce of about 2,400 and a $450 million budget for the year. The pandemic has increased a long-running health care worker shortage that has hit especially hard in large rural states like Montana, which have few candidates to replace workers who depart. Expensive stopgaps, including traveling nurses, have caused hospitals' costs to rise. Staffing shortages have also left patients with longer wait time for treatment and fewer providers to care for them. Bozeman Health Chief Financial Officer Brad Ludford says the system went from spending less than $100,000 a month on short-term workers before the pandemic to $1.2 million a week last fall. That number is now closer to $1.4 million a month. Overall, the labor costs are roughly $20 million a month, up 12% from this time last year. Hill says the health system took other measures before cutting jobs. It stopped all out-of-state business travel, cut executive compensation, and readjusted workloads. Simultaneously, it tried to convert contract workers to full-time employees and retain existing staffers through a minimum wage increase. Hill said the hospital system had some success, but it's slow. In mid-August, it had 487 vacancies. Hospitals received millions of dollars in pandemic relief from the government, but industry officials say that has dwindled. Bozeman Health, for example, received $20 million in federal aid in 2020. It received $2.5 million last year 
and about $100,000 for this year. Providence, a health system with 52 hospitals across the West, is reporting a net operating loss of $510 million for the first three months of the year. In July, Providence announced it was putting in place a leaner executive team. The system operates one of Montana's largest hospitals, Providence St. Patrick in Missoula. Hospital job cuts across the nation have pushed out some healthcare professionals who had stuck with their jobs during the stress of the pandemic, and the cuts have meant some patients have needed to travel further for treatment. In Montana, Bozeman Health hasn't been able to offer inpatient dialysis in its largest hospital for months, so patients who need that service have been sent elsewhere. Hill says he expects some delays for services outside of critical care, such as lab testing. Ludford said the hope is that the system will begin breaking even in the second half of the year. A district court judge says a group of Montana hunting and conservation groups can intervene in a lawsuit concerning game management in Montana. According to a news release Thursday from the Montana Citizens Elk Management Coalition, 10th Judicial District Judge Heather Perry has granted the group's motion to intervene, acknowledging the coalition's standing in the suit filed this spring by United Property Owners of Montana against Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks and the Fish and Wildlife Federation. In the lawsuit, United Property Owners of Montana says FWP and Fish and Wildlife Commission aren't meeting their legal obligations to manage elk populations, and landowners have been damaged in the crisis. The plaintiff calls on the court to force FWP to revise an emergency plan to reduce the number of elk as soon as practicable. FWP generally denies that it hasn't been responsive to landowners and also argues the plaintiff failed to exhaust administrative remedies before going to court. However, the Citizens Elk Management Coalition claims that the plaintiffs in the lawsuit seek a radical departure from the law and from Montana's heritage of managing fish and game for the public benefit. In the news release, coalition members praised the decision in favor of their request to participate in the case. They say they represent more than 10,000 Montanans. A new study finds that gun buybacks don't work without significantly higher rewards. Mark Anderson, a professor of economics at Montana State University, has published a study with the National Bureau of Economic Research on the ineffectiveness of gun buyback events across the United States. The study cited research showing buybacks offer too little money, tend to take place in low-crime areas, and collect firearms that tend to be older and less functional. Other experts say an effective buyback would have to be a national event, paired with federal gun safety legislation, similar to what Australia did in 1996. 
That's according to Bradley Bartos, an assistant professor of government and public policy at the University of Arizona, who has studied the impact of the Australian model in a 2019 paper in Prevention Science. After a man killed 35 people and wounded 28 others in a mass shooting in Port Arthur, Tasmania, Australia implemented a federal gun safety legislation program that in part banned automatic and semi-automatic rifles and shotguns. It also included a mandatory buyback of the newly illegal firearms. Officials collected and destroyed more than 650,000 firearms, about 20% of the guns in Australia. Gun-related homicides and suicides plummeted in following years. Quote, gun buybacks can work and have been shown to work in settings outside the U.S., says Bardos, but those same factors in Australia aren't present in the U.S. For one, Australia is geographically isolated, controlling the import of firearms at the federal level, he said. More broadly, guns are too prevalent in the United States to substantially reduce their numbers voluntarily, he added. There are more guns than people in the United States. For every 100 Americans, there are more than 120 firearms, according to a 2018 study by the Small Arms Survey, a Switzerland-based project that researches armed violence. And even if a gun buyback event nets hundreds of guns, cities struggle with guns trafficked from states with less restrictive gun laws or from the influx of untraceable 3D-printed ghost guns. Escalating rents in Montana are putting pressure on campus housing, and both flagship universities are at or near capacity as the school year begins. Both Bozeman and Helena have seen upward pressures on rents. As the director and creator of the Associated Student Government of the University of Montana's Bare Necessities Office, which started in September of 2021, Kat Cowley helps hundreds of students find basic resources, including housing. Now UM's residence halls are at full capacity, and Crowley says 80% of her work involves directing students and even full-time faculty to rentable spaces even providing them with listings outside the Missoula urban area. She has avoided directing people to university housing at all since early June. In Missoula, UM anticipated housing all students to apply to residence halls to be permanent by the time the school year started. Eight working residence halls are at 100% capacity. Officials say the demand is so high due to rent rates at university apartments being lower than most rentable spaces in Missoula. To ease the strain in the future, UM plans $60 million in bonds with $36 million budgeted for a new 200-bed residence hall, but there's no timeline for its construction. Meanwhile, Montana State University in Bozeman has a wait list for 12 residence halls and 1,000 graduate students and faculty apartment beds
MSU reported 16,841 students attended last fall, and the campus has generally seen enrollment growth over the past decade. If you need to hear this report again, please check the podcast on our Treasure State Radio or KGRT-DB webpages. Made in Montana News is podcast worldwide, with listeners in 46 U.S. states and Canadian provinces in 24 countries on six continents. We also post our stories on Facebook. Made in Montana News is heard on the Treasure State Radio Network, including KMEH 100.1 FM in Helena, Elkhorn Mountains Radio in Jefferson County, Homegrown Radio in Bozeman, King West Radio in Billings, ResCast Radio on the Fort Peck Reservation, PIVA Radio of the Northern Cheyenne Nation, and Crow Res Radio of the Crow Nation. That's Made in Montana News. I'm Jay Scott. This is the Treasure State Radio Network.